0: You've never done that before. You get you get a little you get a little hummingbird feeder. Okay. And then you put sugar water in it. And how does this factor into rivalry? (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't. Survivors ready. Go. That's not the idol. What is it? It's. I
1: know. It has a
0: face on it.
1: I may be a lot of things, but I ain't no Hershey bar.
0: Can I play it? I want to play that. You are going to have to dig deep! Welcome back. It's another edition of Dig Deep, a Survivor Rewatch podcast. I'm Brendan. And I'm Matt. You may know us from uh, this podcast, where we rewatch past (laughs) Survivor seasons. We most recently watched through Survivor Ghost Island, so if you meant to uh, watch or rewatch that season, season 36, then definitely check those episodes out. We will be announcing our next rewatch at the end of this episode, along with a brief preview. So stick around for that. However, today, Matt, we're not rewatching a season. No, we're not. We're not. We were inspired by two... Go on. We were inspired by the season we just watched. Two big characters from Ghost Island. Uh, In our opinion, Survivor's spookiest season includes one of the show's best rivalries. And that got us thinking. What are some of the best rivalries. (laughs) So we said, what can we do about that? We can make a list because everybody loves lists. So of course, we're talking about Dominic and Chris Noble. Uh, We're going to give a brief description of of their
1: rivalry without spoilers here. We've already talked about it on the previous episodes, so we're going to go just a little bit into it. And then we're going to get into our list of rivalries. So if you want our full thoughts on the uh, Dominic and Chris
0: Noble rivalry, definitely check out our past two episodes. Uh, we got into everything Ghost Island, everything Cursed Idols, everything this big, big rivalry. So Matt, what made this rivalry so compelling between
1: Dom and Chris? I think Dom and Chris, what, what made it so good is that they both craved being in control and being the guy the whole time and neither one could let that go.
0: Yeah, a big element of competition. Uh, I also think uh, another big element is that they both played really hard from the get-go. They were both, as soon as they stepped foot on the island, they were going and they recognized that in each other and I think they knew
1: that that was competition. And I think that they're both equal players. Like They were both Big, big players. Like, it it wasn't a one guy had way more power than the other. I mean, obviously, someone ends up on top, but uh, yeah, they were both big characters, both big players, and they just butted heads.
0: Mm -hmm. And another thing I love is that there was obviously, from an entertainment perspective, it seemed like a, a dislike for each other within the confines of the game. But then afterwards, it's all love. Mutual respect. They know that they were just playing hard, and ultimately... Uh, one got the upper hand in a, in a game.
1: And that's one of the best parts of that rivalry is the mutual respect at the end.
0: So that, of course, leads right into what we were about to talk about. We're going to dig into our five favorite rivalries from Survivor's past. So to piggyback on the Dom Chris points, what makes a good rivalry? To me, I think one of the key points is animosity. You need some hatred. You need some, some conflict. Some vitriol. And I think sometimes that comes from uh, clashing personalities. It might just be yeah a, a, a dislike or you just don't mesh with somebody. It could be uh, it could just come from competition if you're constantly on the other side of votes with somebody. Or it could be that someone's just a jerk. It could be that somebody's just a jerk. And you don't like them
1: and you, you have conflict and you butt heads.
0: You do. But ultimately, I think it, it usually comes down to competition, I think. Uh, either you get big personalities competing for either attention or big game players trying to be the top. Everyone wants power. So that's why we wanted to do this today, because some of the best moments in Survivor come from rivalries just because they get people uh, reacting to their their the heights of their emotions when they are so fired up trying to get the best of their rival. So let's get started. We might as well. There will be spoilers ahead for Several Survivor Seasons, so please be safe if you do not like spoilers for Survivor Seasons. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's get into rivalries. Let's start with a big one. I think one of the most well-known rivalries from a big season is from Survivor Cagayan, Spencer... Versus Cass.
1: I think this is one that comes to people's minds instantly when you talk about survival survivor rivalries. It's going to be tough to say.
0: Well, it's one of those. It's one of the most highly regarded seasons. It's one that a lot of people have seen, and it's one that people love. And I think this rivalry plays a big part in that.
1: Mm-hmm. It it's easily one of the most famous ones, and one that's long lasting in the game, which is important. It starts early and it goes for a while. I think this rivalry is one of the meanest on our list. There's definite hatred there. They they're not fans of each other.
0: Well, and what I think is interesting, I mean, Spencer is a a 21 year old college kid at this point. The difference in personalities here is huge. And yeah. Cass is, I I think she says she's 40, and she's a lawyer. So just to see a fully grown woman who has like a a, re- a respectable job. And some college kid just, like, calling each other names (laughs) makes for great TV. The contrast is good. One thing that I find interesting is that Cass wanted to play like this. She came in, wanted to play. She wanted to be chaotic. But I think it's interesting because, I mean, they were, it starts right from the get-go in Kageon because I mean they're on the different side of the votes right away Spencer gets the best of her first and then she comes back and gets him it's very uh t- taking shots at each other constantly and then that's kind of where the animosity builds and Spencer gets frustrated and he starts to call her name say she has no shot at winning the game Spencer
1: doesn't hide his frustrations very well he of, wears his emotions on his sleeve.
0: In one of his last on island confessionals, he calls her a brain dead weasel.
1: It's pretty aggressive.
0: That's aggressive, man. <laughs> and then in uh, his final tribal speech, he calls Cass one of the biggest goats in Survivor history.
1: Which is true. Who would have swept that one? Mm-hmm.
0: So I think. Why is this one so well known?
1: I think it's well known because Kagiana's a season is such a good season. So that that'd be the first thing, but it's I think it's so well known just because of how long it was how long it lasted. These two were at each other the entire game. Well, and something like we mentioned with Dom and uh Chris
0: earlier on, that element of mutual respect, there was not that. No, it there was no mutual respect there. When Cass arrives at Ponderosa this season after getting voted out. She screwed pretty much every single person on the jury. She gets the cold shoulder from everybody. Nobody wants to talk to her and they are not speaking. And then they come back later on, both Spa- uh, Spence, Spass, that's their couple name. <laughs> there you go. Spence and Cass, they both come back for second chance. And the thing is, they they make up temporarily, but I think that. Could only last so long. The wounds were deep. So that uh, again gets the better of them. And they end up facing off. And well not really facing off. But Spencer gets the better of Cass. Mm-hmm. So I think it's interesting. When we see these rivalries span multiple seasons. And see that. It's not you know. In some cases it is just a game. But in some cases it's not. And there are some real deep wounds, like you said, people really don't like each other.
1: And I think just the contrast in their two personalities and upbringings and who they are is also what makes it so interesting and compelling. And also uh, a man versus woman conflict, too. Maybe something that's not as common on these lists, but something that's very interesting. Mm-hmm. Well, and
0: I think something else that's that's of note with Cass is, I mean, quite often we've had this discussion before where it's hard, I think, for Survivor to find women villains
1: mm-hmm.
0: and so often sometimes when women are
1: uh, blunt
0: outspoken in your face
1: there's certain words people will use or terms they can use to describe that that aren't exactly applied to men equally mm-hmm. well and their and, and and their edit shows that
0: and so I mean I would make the argument that from purely from a treatment of people perspective that casts And Tony played very similar games. I'm not talking strategy. I'm just talking of their interpersonal uh, uh, communication. They weren't
1: afraid to be aggressive with
0: people. They were both blunt. They were aggressive when they needed to be. uh, Manipulative. However, Tony is, I mean, for a lot of other reasons outside of that, regarded as one of the greatest of all time. And Cass is the Wicked Witch of the West. So I think I think it's just something to note. So in summary, I think this one makes the list just because it's, it's one of the most deep running rivalries and it wasn't just for the show. It wasn't just for the cameras. This was a true interpersonal conflict these people had and it took years and even getting back on the
1: island to even just temporarily make up. They're two memorable characters. It's a memorable rivalry. And it's a memorable season, and I just think it's an easy, an easy spot on this list for sure.
0: For sure, Matt, you go. Uh, what, what What do you got next?
1: I am going to go with Abby versus RC from Survivor Philippines. Now, I want to note these are our favorite rivalries. These are our personal picks. We're not Who, saying these are the greatest of all time. These are just the ones that instantly jumped out at us, and ones that we liked it. And I liked this one at the time. And I liked it when I rewatched it. It's a fun one. Absolutely. Lots of fun. So RC and Abby, Matt. So the RC-Abby rivalry starts out, they start out as friends. They're not against each other at first. Uh, Together, they find a hidden immunity clue. Now they're not able to find it right away. And this, in RC's mind, means that they're bonded together. They want to work together. This is Brought her together, and R.C. wants to use Abby as a shield. And with most people,
0: that would be a reason why you would work together, and why you would—that is a great
1: way to form an alliance. However, with Abby, might not be that easy. And she gets suspicious of R.C. because R.C. starts talking to Michael, not about anything. She just thinks that maybe RC's is closer with Michael than she is with her. So a little bit of jealousy, maybe, playing into that. A little bit of jealousy. And RC is confronted by Abby, and RC thinks that Abby's gonna be a rational, normal person, but no, she's Abby, the Brazilian bomb, and she blows up at RC and doesn't trust her at that point.
0: Well, and I think with this is it, it, it just sort of goes off the rails for no seemingly no reason.
1: Yeah, there's no reason for Abby to be this upset with RC.
0: Well, and then, because sort of what sets off the drama is, I mean, afterwards,
1: is that... Well, a lot of their drama isn't necessarily caused by those two. Obviously, Abby's such a crazy personality type, but it's actually another player's trickery that gets them so mad at each other, and that's Pete. Mm. And so Pete finds the idol with Abby, bringing her together, because Abby goes away from RC to do this behind her back. And then Pete has the idea of planting the idol clue on RC, which is obviously unveiled in front of everybody, and Ar- Abby instantly loses all trust for RC. Mm-hmm. Peters are notoriously sneaky. <laughs> sneaky Pete. Sneaky Pete. So
0: yeah, no, and and that really just it blows everything up. And again, with with usually in Survivor, you can sort of you're able to maybe diffuse these situations. You know, you can kind of explain to your partner and go, Oh, I didn't I didn't put this idle clue out here. I don't know how it got here. I I I don't know what happened. Somebody must be messing with us.
1: RC continuously tries to talk to Abby as if she's a rational person, but it never happens. And she she constantly tries to mend things and she thinks that they can fix it, but Abby just blows up at her at every turn. To quote
0: Abby, to paraphrase Abby, if you mess with me, I'll kill you.
1: <laughs> that's pretty aggressive so don't yeah you so don't, don't mess with you her. don't
0: want to mess with her and abandon her mind rc did and that uh leads to a little bit of a separation down
1: the road and so at the merge rc gets voted out um because penner plays an idol so she was one of the uh cover votes so rc goes home and this is not the end of their rivalry because you mentioned Ponderosa earlier, they have a pretty explosive argument at Ponderosa too. So way down the road, when Abby's voted out, she goes to Ponderosa, she tries to talk to RC. RC won't have any of it, they have another big fight there. So this one extended, it, it may be fizzled out pretty quickly, it's not a long lasting one, but it's one that comes back in Ponderosa and one that's still, there's still hatred today. Uh, R.C. was supposed to be on Game Changers, or sorry, on Second Chance, but refused to be on it because of Abby. Hmm. Interesting. Well, yeah, I mean, that's
0: pretty big. I mean, we just talked about Spence and and, and Cass, and maybe they didn't know that they were going to be on the season together. But I mean, I would put that rivalry in terms of like two people that would not want to be on that island together way ahead of an Abbey and RC.
1: But yeah, and so I was reading that and I thought that was obviously really interesting. And obviously that just goes you to goes to show how deep that rivalry really is. It was very real and it extended well outside of the game. Uh, and and even making it so that you didn't want another shot at a million dollars. Well it's weird because RC is definitely someone that I'd like to see come back. Um And I think she's expressed interest in coming back. So it is interesting to see that that was one of the reasons for her not wanting to come back. Mm -hmm. Well, and I think she was also considered for blood
0: versus water the first time. So there has been some mutual interest. But yeah, it's interesting that she couldn't put that aside. So obviously, uh, very, very uh, touchy stuff there
1: Mm -hmm. for them. And so Abby generally is just such a great character. She's at a rivalry with... RC, and multiple other people, including PG on her other season. So Abby's just a, like obviously a bomb of a person. And RC tries to be basically a normal person with her and Abby tanks her entire game. Absolutely. So let's move on. Uh, My next one,
0: one of my favorite, one of my personal favorite seasons, Survivor uh, Season 12, Panama Exile Island. This one is another big two Uh, alpha males going at it. And that is Aris and Terry Dietz. So setting this up, Terry was on the opposite tribe of the majority alliance at the merge. However, he decides to go on his five immunity idols in a row win. Beast. Beast. Challenge Beast. Now the key thing to note about this is that so he wins five in a row. They're trying to get him out more or less every single time and they can't. And what Terry knows is that they want to get him out and they can't. So he's a little bit, err, uh, not a little bit, he's, he's arrogant about it. He's very in your face about it because. Understandably so. In that situation, you know, it's kind of, you know, you want to say in your face, hey, I'm still going to be you here. You can't get me. I'm here another three days. So that wears very thin on the remaining castaways, uh, most notably uh, Aris, who is kind of the other, a big physical threat, and I think he he would have been winning a lot of these challenges if if Terry wasn't there. So this culminates at the final four in a reward challenge, and this is one where they're they're strapped in on ropes with carabiners, and Aris and Terry they keep bumping into each other on the course, and then at one point they're like they're they're pushing each other, and Jeff Probst has to step in. He's like, "That's enough, none of that," <laughs> but they look like. At that point, they're just kind of like ramming into each other. They look like rams. Like they look like a couple of like mountain goats, butting heads.
1: There, That challenge is definitely one of the more aggressive and physical challenges we've seen in terms of people trying to stop people from going forward in a challenge. Well, and I
0: can only even remember a few survivor challenges where it gets like physical, like outside of the challenge where it's like where Jeff needs to say, Hey, relax beyond
1: the point of the game. There's obviously challenges where physical confrontations will happen. Yeah. And so within
0: this challenge, this is also the famous line from Aris, where they're, they're, they're Terry is complaining to Jeff Probst uh, about the rules. He didn't get the rules explanation. And he's, he's saying that Aris should be back by now. <sighs> he's kind of whining. He does sound a little whiny and, and RS does the famous Somebody call a ambulance. Terry's crying on the course. <laughs> so that's very much the that's very much the relationship that it was. It was very much like a couple of bros like beaking each other. Just two aggressive dudes that couldn't handle the other guy. And then I mean it 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 comes to a head even more at the at the end of that challenge where, you know, they're going back and forth. Aris is you know saying, Well, oh, like you always throw, you know, you're you're always whining if, you know, if you don't win. And he throws a comment in about Terry What are you going to do, talk bad about women? Which was too far and that does get resolved later on and Aris says, yeah, I shouldn't have said that because Terry, we we don't see on camera Terry say anything bad about women. But again, they do make up and they do, they shake hands, they continue to be competitors and so there is that level of mutual respect. So I do like it when we do like the rivalries that are big and outside of the game but I also like the ones that where people are big enough to keep it within
1: the game. And obviously that, that happens with Terry eventually voting for Aris the winner. And uh, yeah, so that mutual respect, there's nothing wrong with going as hard as you can during the during the game or during the event, but always have respect for your opponent. Well, and again, this is another situation similar to Spencer and Cass where it's like
0: a fully grown man in Terry, you know, and a, a an adult with kids, he's a pilot and uh, going at RS, who was 24 at the time. I mean, that's, you know, you're still an adult, but young, a young, a young man. And just a, a a completely fully fledged functioning adult, just like whining at each other.
1: Completely unable to just be in the same space as each other.
0: And it was awesome. And so I think, and I think uh, as a side, as an aside, Seri, Seri Fields just sort of lets them do it. <laughs> Cause it's great for her game. Takes the, takes the spotlight off of her. So I think, for me, that's one of the better ones just because of honestly that challenge. It it really comes to a head. You see it building, and this is in the editing, which I think the editing is great in that season. Is it just it's building the entire way up after the merge? There just there's little comments from Terry, and then it just kind of comes to a head with them coming to. About as close to coming to blows as you can in Survivor.
1: That's one of the ones that was probably closest to a fist fight, second to maybe Brandon Hance attacking Philip. Yeah. Probably. Which was also pretty close. Also pretty close. So that's a great one. Matt, what's your next one? Moving on, uh, my next one is Ben versus Chrissy from Heroes, Healers, Hustlers, Season 35. And this is an interesting one for me because they're two polar opposites in terms of people and players in the game. They're both big power players, both big characters, but in very different ways. I talked about Chrissy as being one of my players that I'd like to see come back. And for the reason that she's so in need of being in control. She kind of reminds me of a mom that just can't not be in control of what the family's doing. And Ben is one of the bigger wild cards in Survivor history. The guy that played three straight idols to save himself and get himself to the end. And that's obviously where their conflict comes to a head for them is Chrissy's constantly trying to get Ben out at the end, but she can't. Mm -hmm. Well, in that aspect
0: of control where she's used to being in control, she's a businesswoman
1: and... And Ben's the opposite of control. Ben is... The wild card, the crazy man that's constantly screwing up her game because Chrissy plays a fantastic game up to that point. And the only thing standing in her way of winning that game is Ben and Hidden Idols. Ben and his Hidden Idols. And so he plays three in a row, which is fantastic gameplay. And we can talk about the twist that gets Ben to the final, which I'm not a huge fan of because I think Chrissy deserves to win that season. Uh, making that rivalry even more intense and long lasting. Um, but yeah, it was maybe something that I didn't like at the time, Ben being allowed to play for fire. Chrissy can only protect one person. Um, that doesn't really necessarily factor into their rivalry, but it is important maybe going forward if this if there's potentially maybe a rivalry season.
0: Yeah, well, and this one's another one that it started where they were working together initially. They worked
1: together at multiple points in the season. And in fact, they started out on the same, they were on the Heroes Tribe to start.
0: And it's it's another one that kind of develops into their sort of, they are working together, and then they're not working together, and then they're working against each other. And then that's, and then it starts to get kind of personal- And sort of a a lot of
1: animosity and a very fiery. Well, it comes back to Chrissy not liking that she was losing control. And that was what Ben was constantly doing, was taking away her control, taking away her game. And Chrissy just, she's one of those people that cannot handle it. And she lets it out. Well, and
0: something I mentioned in our, our intro is a lot of rivalries come and stem from just players... Two players that are playing very hard, and Chrissy and Ben played very different games. But I would say that Chrissy was playing very hard from a uh, social standpoint, and Ben was just putting the work in when it came to idols. And so those two uh, power players within the context of their season, uh, there isn't enough room for the the two of
1: us on this island. And another thing that makes this one so good is that they're both equal in terms of of stature in the game. They're both power players in different ways, like you said. And it's I just love that there's two big characters, two big players that are clashing like this. And it just makes a great rivalry.
0: I completely agree. Well, and I think, again, it's just you can see the frustration building leading up to the end where uh, they just can't get rid of him. They can't. And ultimately, Ben wins that scene. And it's comparable to Aris and Terry because he's just like that annoying fly that is just always around your house. You just can't seem to get it. That is a great way to describe their buzz- relationship. Buzzing in your ear. You swat it away. You can't... Don't don't see where it goes. You go and get a rolled up newspaper. It's gone. Your opportunity's gone. Can't get it. Brendan, you're up. I'm up. All right. Well... I think to end our last one. This is sort of it's sort of a hybrid. It's split a little bit. Matt and I were discussing and we couldn't come to an agreement for this one. And this is based around the Survivor Heroes versus Villains season. And it all focuses around a Mr. Russell Hans. One short little man. I say that the Boston Rob versus
1: Russell rivalry is the more notable one. However, Matt thinks I think that the rivalry with Sandra, once Boston Rob is eliminated, is better and lo- obviously lasts longer and goes into an important part of the game. So for me, I think it comes back to Rob and Russell are both
0: two alpha dogs. They both like to be in control of the camp in very different ways. Ra- in very different ways, Boston Rob he uses his charm to kind of get everybody under his wing. Uh, Russell is a little bit more
1: domineering he's very abrasive and and you could argue that Russell had a rivalry with almost every person he played with mm-hmm. unless you were the one person that he trusted he would, he would go against everybody with that abrasive style and we saw that on all three seasons he played and I think I think it but I think the Rob rivalry starts right
0: away and I don't think anything specifically happens but I think what it is is because they they're both trying to gain control of the camp But Rob's able to do it with his personality and charm. And I think Russell resents. I think Russell wants to be that. I think that's what Russell wants to be. He just, that's not him. He doesn't have that charm, that ability to just make people, to lull people into a false sense of security.
1: I think this rivalry starts the second they see each other on the beach. Those two were going to be against each other. They're just different, different morally almost. But... I don't know if it it was a rivalry right away from Rob's perspective
0: because he didn't know who Russell was.
1: Mm, I don't remember that.
0: Well, because so Samoa season nineteen was filmed immediately before filming this, so none of them saw Russell's right. gameplay ahead of the time. So Russell's coming in, going, "There's Boston Rob. He's a big threat. I know his game." And Boston Rob's going, "Who's, who's this Who's this, gremlin? Who's this guy?
1: Who's this cute little guy?"
0: So. They're immediately on opposite sides of the camp. Uh, Russell gets the better of Rob for a couple of votes and then eventually gets
1: Rob out. It all culminates with Russell getting Rob out.
0: But I think what happens is I like that it continues outside of the game. So Rob's out. Russell ends up going to the the, the end. But it's what happens at the reunion. Because that's where the idea of Rob versus Russell is born. An easy, an easy sell for sure. I find this really interesting because the clip from the reunion, Rob, or uh, sorry, Jeff asks Rob a question. And it's relating to Russell, but he doesn't answer it directly. And I think he just was waiting to get this jab in. He says, Russell, you don't play to win the game. He's like, I think this is what Russell's trying to say. He doesn't play to win the game. He plays to get to the end of the game, but he doesn't play to win. Which is true. And of course, Russell with the easy retort of, you play to win the game? Have you? (laughs) And so, and then Rob says, given the opportunity, I'd gladly go back and kick your ass all over the island. Wink, wink. And Jeff says, that could be a future season. Oh my God, that'd be sellable. So Russell tries to shake his hand, Rob won't shake his hand, it's this whole thing. And then they're able to market an entire season around this rivalry, which is of course season 22, Redemption Island. It's a captain-style season, you get Rob and Russell on opposite tribes manning a team of newbies. Now unfortunately, we don't get to see them really go head-to-head because Russell is voted out. Early on in that season, because everybody knows his shenanigans. But I think just the fact that they were, they gave enough stock to this rivalry that they based an entire season around it, I think just makes it the most
1: notable. It's one of the most grand rivalries, I'd say. If you're making a list of the most, I mean, we won't say the best players, we'll say the most memorable characters in survivor history, Boston Rob is obviously on that list, and so is Russell. And so this is a rivalry between two of the biggest players in the game's history. And that's what makes it so so cool for me. And this is an obvious pick for this list.
0: Obviously. So so those are my thoughts on Rob, Russell, Matt. Why don't you give us your thoughts on why it should be Sandra
1: instead of Rob in that role? Well, I like this one because it almost feels like Sandra takes over for Rob in in that hatred of Russell and that need to get Russell out. Mm -hmm. She picked, she carries the torch. She carries the torch going forward. And I just, Sandra hates everything that Russell is about. He hates, she hates him to his core. She thinks he's a bad person and she wants him out at every turn. And we get a great quote from Sandra, obviously one of the more famous quotes, uh, in survivor history with Russell saying, you're either with me or you're against me. And Sandra retorts instantly, I'm against you, Russell. Well,
0: and we know from her season, Pearl Islands, I mean, she's dealt with a uh, loudmouth man before in Johnny Fairplay, and she's willing to go toe-to-toe
1: with them. So I think... And she can. She has the wit and the verbal tools to to stick it up to these guys. Mm-hmm. So from an ent-
0: entertainment perspective, uh, I think, yeah, the in terms of Rob and Russell, it was more behind the scenes. It was in their confessionals, them talking smack about each other. Whereas Sandra, it's in your face. She's telling him off.
1: Sandra's one of those people you don't want on your bad side. She's a great friend and she'd be a great person to work with for sure. Obviously, she's one of the greatest players in Survivor history, but she just hated everything that Russell was about and morally could not work with him and morally could not deal with this man. And she obviously ends up on top at the end and she burns his hat right his fedora <laughs> that one did get personal which was awesome I like that let's let's let it get personal I like that yeah
0: no I, I agree and again I'm, I'm not saying that this isn't a good rivalry I just think that the the Rob Russell is more notable so what do you guys think let us know at dig deep pod Twitter and Instagram I might put up a poll uh, what's the bigger rivalry here? Is it is it Rob, Rus- uh, Rob Russell or is it Sandra Russell? Because, I mean, you can make the argument, um, again, like, like I just said, it was very behind the scenes, lots of smack talk, lots of manipulation trying to get on top between Rob and Russell, whereas Sandra and Russell, it's very much open confrontation right in the middle, a little bit of screaming in camp. Everybody loves that. Lovely. So, Matt, I think you have a couple fun, honorable mentions, so why don't we discuss
1: those? So these ones aren't making the list, but these are just funny ones that I thought might uh, might be interesting and ones that I liked. And so one of them is... It's not necessarily a, an individual, but it's an entire season. And for me, that's uh, Survivor Gabon. Uh, one of the most volatile, vicious, angry bitter seasons and from multiple multiple people it starts with the first first person voted out michelle everyone hates her everyone hates gc at one point everyone hates kelly at one point uh everyone hated gc to the point where he almost didn't show up for an immunity challenge because the entire tribe just didn't like the guy and he they just hated him you have obviously randy versus every single person Everyone versus Sugar, Corinne and Randy especially. You have Crystal, uh, Ace, who is obviously a polarizing figure, um, and then Susie. And anyways, this season is just absolute chaos. Yeah, everyone's in a rivalry with everyone because everyone is just mean to each other. There's so much venom and hate, and it's such a unique Survivor season for that reason. Even just the fact that they, the fake idol that they use and
0: give to Randy... Just to be mean to just him. Just to be mean, and then they laugh in his face. It's it's the most vicious season by far. Even a guy like Bob, who is for all intents and a purposes. Pretty wholesome winner. A nice guy, even he's in on that fake idol thing and he gives it to Randy and sells him on it, and then everybody's laughing in their face. So yeah, I, I agree with that one. Everybody versus everybody on Gabon, let's just be mean to each other and scream at each other.
1: And the other fun one to point out is Philip versus friend friend Twensqua. Who, French Francesca? Who, French Quest? French Francesca? Who, Philip versus Francesca, from Survivor: A Redemption Island, Boston Robs season. And this is obviously a very quick one because Francesca gets voted out by Philip, first twice, which is amazing that this woman gets voted out twice by Philip. But this one is obviously just a fun one. Francesca thought that Philip was a complete joke and maybe some people think that he is. Um, But Philip absolutely blows up her game at Tribal. And it's just a fun one because Francesca just cannot... What? Who? (laughs) Francesca cannot handle that she's getting beat by Philip and it happens twice. And she says if she gets voted out first a second time, she's going to eat rocks. And maybe she had to, I don't know. Anyways, that one's just more of a fun one that I wanted to throw in there. Uh, One that I really liked at the time. I'm a big Philip fan and one that stuck with me. Mm -hmm.
0: Two episodes worth of rivalry from two different seasons.
1: Mm -hmm. And they end quick.
0: Rock on. That's our full list. So again, at Dig Deep Pod, Twitter and Instagram. Let us know what you think of those. Who did we miss? Do you like our picks? Do you hate them?
1: Let us know. Let us know. We'd love to hear. And be mean. We want, we want a rivalry with our Twitter followers, do we? No, we don't.
0: No, we don't. Uh, if you want to be like everyone on Gabon, you can yell at us. Go
1: ahead and yell at us if you want, because any interaction is good interaction.
0: All right. Let's wrap this up. Survivor! All right. So those are our five favorite rivalries in Survivor. This idea sort of stemmed from... This might have been floating around the internet. I haven't seen it. I'm going to say it's my idea. Yes, it is. I would love to see a rivalry season where they cast two tribes of people on two on each side of a rivalry.
1: And when you have 40 seasons of a show, you have enough rivalries or enough of these clashes to do that kind of season. That is at the point where this is a very easy, easily doable season. So I think that would be lots of fun. I don't
0: know if they would do it, uh, but I think there's just, there's so many storylines that they could use and they could go back to, and it could be sort of like a... Uh, second chance narrative where they are kind of talking about how people have grown. So I, I think that would just be great. And again, just again, anytime we can see the people within these rivalries interact again in the
1: context of Survivor is awesome. And obviously, returnee players are hit and miss. But I think unanimously, people like seeing their favorite players come back. Everyone likes uh, a returnee season. And this one would be an easy sellable theme. Mm
0: hmm. Facing off against your favorites, facing off against somebody who they hate.
1: <laughs> yeah, you have those already built-in tensions, and it'll be interesting. to in, And then you can revisit them and see where they are today with that, with that tension and that rivalry and see if it did carry on beyond the game.
0: So again, CBS, hit, hit us up.
1: You we can on- have that. We only demand 50% of any profits made from a season... That we invented.
0: We'll get our legal team to drop some papers. hmm So why don't we get into our next rewatch here, Matt?
1: Yeah, we're very excited about this one. We're going with, uh, with a big boy. A
0: big boy. So uh, if you haven't heard, Survivor is now on Netflix in the United States. At least two seasons are. And it has a lot of people talking. There is a lot of people on social media talking about the two seasons that are currently on uh, Netflix. Uh, people seem to be remembering or discovering that this show is awesome. And I think that's great. The there's, more
1: people, the more the merrier. There's been a lot of people rediscovering Survivor lately. And for for us, it is it rings true. It was something that both of us got away from at one point in our life. And it's nice to see that obviously the pandemic's not not fun and it's, it's good to, to have something to rally around. So the two seasons that are on there are
0: Survivor Heroes vs. Villains and Survivor Kageon. And just... Seeing all these posts, honestly, for me, just stirred up some fond memories, and I wanted to get back in on the fun, so we decided that we are going to dive back into Survivor Kageyond.
1: It's a big one, it's a fun one, and we're excited.
0: It's one of the greatest seasons ever. I would say it's the, I mean, we've only done two rewatches so far, but it is clearly the biggest season that we have are, are going to have, have done on the show.
1: It's the most marquee season, for sure, from the three we've done.
0: It's one of the greatest seasons ever, I think pretty uh, critically and from fans uh, agree. It has some of the most polarizing characters in the show's history. It also it's a it's an era marking show in Survivor. It sort of ends the dark what, ages. What has been described as the dark ages. It begins sort of the advantage era it it does sort of start a new a new feel for survivor if that makes sense. So it's sort of like a, a a gatekeep a gatekeeper season. I don't know. For me it's just kind of like a warm hug this season. It's after a slew of not so great seasons. Of course, Blood versus Water came before this, but and and Philippines is also in there as one of the more one of the better seasons, but a lot of really rough seasons. This is when I drifted away from Survivor originally in the early to mid twenties.
1: I think that's when a lot of people drifted away, and Kagiyan's one of the seasons that kind of has things picking up. And I think maybe at the time it's a season that a lot of, that brought a lot of people back, or maybe it's one that that you got back in more recently and you haven't seen it, it's it's one that you should go back and watch. It's it's a fun one. Mm-hmm. And this is a great one for if you are re-watching or
0: if you're watching for the first time because it sets up a lot of the returning castaway seasons down the line. We get a lot of returnees from this season.
1: And yeah, it's important to note that this is a completely new cast and uh, we are trying to avoid doing returnee seasons right now. We want to go with all new casts so it's more accessible for people who maybe haven't seen any of these seasons
0: cuz we'd love if if you're getting back into survivor this is what we'd uh we'd love it we'd love it if you're you're watching along to us. with us watch along with us that's great um a, another one i think is just of note i mean great characters one of the greatest of all time
1: you get one of the goats for sure and then yeah just memorable characters
0: so that's exciting also a, a great theme to this season and it's, it's a theme we've seen twice. And it's a, I would say it's one that's worked. It's it's interesting. It sort of kicks off uh, a weird, the theme era of Survivor.
1: Yeah, trying to have, yeah, people coming into a personality type, I guess. They, they did a string of that. So
0: all around, we're very excited for this. If you're in the States, you can watch it on on Netflix, which a lot of people have been doing. So that's very exciting. So we'll be getting into that in two weeks. Uh, We have another fun episode here next week. I'll be here by myself. We're going to be talking Survivor theme songs, discussing some of my favorite iterations of Russ Landau's ancient voices throughout the years of Survivor.
1: And so Brendan's just been playing this music around the house, just blaring it, getting ready. Well, it's a great tune. What else would you do?
0: What else would you do? So if you're a music nerd like me, I think that's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, But that's all we've got for now. We're heading into the holiday season here, so we hope everybody has a good time with that. But please be safe, stay healthy. And thanks for listening. Thank you for listening.
1: Good night. night.